You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Welcome to our couch. Take a seat. It's time for therapy. Movie therapy. Hey, movie therapy listeners. It is me, Kristen, with another bonus episode for who? Oh, just for you. What you're about to hear is an appearance I made on the comedy podcast, The Alarmist. On The Alarmist, guests and hosts scrutinize history's greatest disasters to figure out what went wrong and, most importantly, who is to blame because, let's be real, there's always somebody to blame. I've been very fortunate to appear on several episodes of The Alarmist, including the one you're about to hear now about a very dysfunctional royal family. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe to The Alarmist wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And now, on with the show. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today we're discussing the Nepalese Royal Massacre. Here's what you need to know. A palace massacre, Nepal's royal family is nearly wiped out. Nepal is still in shock. They were murdered by their son, the heir to the throne, Crown Prince Dipendra. The king and queen are said to have objected to the prince's choice of a bride. He then shot himself and is now in a coma in hospital. Officially the new king, but deemed unfit to rule, having apparently gunned down almost his entire family. The oldest nation-state in South Asia, Nepal has maintained its sovereignty from countries surrounding it for centuries. In the last 200 years, Nepal experienced massive political changes, swinging from totalitarian dynasty to an absolute monarchy to a social democracy in a series of coups, massacres, and political reforms. During a period of monarchy rule called the Panchayat Regime in 1975, 
King Barendra ascended to the Nepalese throne following his father's death and reigned as an absolute monarch for nearly two decades. In 1990, a revolution led by the liberal Nepali Congress Party and the Communist Party pressured the king to end monarchy rule. Under the new constitution, King Barendra became the head of state of a constitutional monarchy with a system of multi-party democracy. The Nepali Congress Party held a majority of the seats, while the Communist Party was the second largest party in parliament. Meanwhile, in 1996, a more militant group known as the Communist Party of Nepal, Maoist, launched the People's War, an insurgency of guerrilla warfare. Far away from mounting political instability and violent civil war, behind the royal palace walls, a young prince was falling in love. Dipendra, beloved prince and future king of Nepal, was studying in England when he met Devyani Rana, daughter of a Nepali politician and businessman. And by all accounts, the two fell head over heels for each other. As the story goes, when Dipendra told his parents he intended to marry Devyani, his mother deeply disapproved of a marriage between the two. Tormented by family obligation interfering with true love, Dipendra arrived at a family gathering at the Narayanhiti Palace on the evening of June 1st, 2001. After a few whiskeys and a couple rounds of billiards, Dipendra excused himself to call Devyani. When he returned, he requested cigarettes from a palace aide. After a few more drinks, Dipendra appeared visibly drunk and four guests helped him to his room. Concerned about her boyfriend, Devyani called the prince's aides to check on him, and the aides helped him take his clothes off for bed. The prince called Devyani one more time, telling her, quote, I am now about to sleep. Good night. We'll talk tomorrow. Instead of falling asleep, Dipendra pulled on army fatigues, black boots, gloves, and a camouflage vest, and burst out of his bedchamber, wielding multiple weapons. He made his way to the billiard hall. Dipendra fired a 9mm caliber MP5K automatic submachine gun at the ceiling and west wall before firing at his father, King Burendra, his brother-in-law, Garuk, and his uncles, Dihirendra and Kaja. As the men lay wounded or dead, Dipendra shot indiscriminately again, hitting his sister and Garuk's wife, Princess Shruti, Kaja's wife, Princess Shraddha, his aunt Shanti, and a cousin, Princess Jayanti. Prince Nirajun and Queen Ashwarya left for the inner garden and Dipendra followed. When palace officials arrive, Nirajun's body was found near the garden, while the queen's body was found in the staircase leading to the prince's room. Dipendra was found lying on his back on a bridge over a little pond near his room. A 9mm caliber Glock pistol, believed to have belonged to the prince, was found in the water of the pond. Dipendra was rushed to the hospital where he was proclaimed King of Nepal. After three days in a coma, he was pronounced dead on June 4th, and his uncle Gyanendra, who wasn't at the family gathering, ascended to the throne. This was the official story, as reported by the palace, but it didn't make sense to the people of Nepal. How could an individual who was deeply intoxicated gun down 12 people on a highly selective basis? Why was every member of Birendra's bloodline killed, while Gyanendra's son and daughter escaped unharmed? Why would Dipendra, who was right-handed, shoot himself in the left side of his head? 
Why were the dead and injured taken not to a nearby teaching hospital, but to the military hospital on the far side of the city? Was this a violent act out of a hopeless love, or was it something more? Fun Facts, a.k.a. Death Stats. Nine people died on the night of the massacre. King Barendra and his wife, Queen Ashwarya. Their son, Prince Nirajun. Their daughter, Princess Shruti. The king's brother, Prince Direndra. The king's sisters, Princess Shanti and Princess Shraddha. Princess Shraddha's husband, Kumar Kadja. The king's first cousin, Princess Jayanti. And the alleged perpetrator, the crown prince, Dipendra. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hi. And our very special guest today is Kristen Meinzer. Hi, Kristen. Hi, I'm so excited to be back. I am just so excited to have you. Uh, you'll remember Kristen from our uh, Megan and Harry episodes as, as well as others. Kristen is an award-winning podcaster, culture critic, royal watcher, author. Her podcasts include By the Book, Movie Therapy with Rafer and Kristen, and The Royal Report from Newsweek, amongst others. Hi, Kristen. Hi. <laughs> Can you tell our listeners a little bit about um, the Royal Report? Yes, this is a show from Newsweek, and we cover the latest royal headlines. Jack Royston, who is the senior royal correspondent for Newsweek, it's the two of us, and sometimes it's some guests who join us, like Omid Scobie, the author of Finding Freedom, has been on the show. We've had people who are part of the uh, legal and royal worlds uh, join us as well. And uh, Jack and I don't always agree on everything. So sometimes there's a little bit of healthy debate as well. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Kristen, we like to ask our guests, what is something that is recently alarming you? What is something that's keeping you up at night these days? Oh, gosh. (laughs) Wow. That that's a long list. We'll be here all day if I do that, right? <laughs> We've been hearing but, about it quite a bit. Lately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, is there something there is... going on? <laughs> Hold on, did I miss something? Yeah. Um, but you know what? I'm just going to keep it light here, and um, rather than talk about all of the tough world issues, the things having to do with racism and climate change. And what's been keeping me up at night, I, I don't know if this is alarmist territory, but I think a lot about bees and bumblebees in particular and how oh. the shape of them, it just doesn't seem like they should be able to float as well as they do. And they're <laughs> adorable. And why can't I pet them? Oh, I'm alarmed wow. by the you fact that they don't with... just want to come to me and <laughs> That let is me pet such them. an interesting direct. I thought you were going to go with, you know, bees or di- honeybees are dying. Oh, they are. Like... <laughs> they're dying. And I'm like, oh, but God, you, do I talk about the dying bees? No, no. But but yesterday I, I encountered several very fat bumblebees when I was just out on a walk. And I just kept thinking, I love you fatties. Why won't you come and land on my finger and let me pet you? What's going on? And how are you able to fly when you're so large? I want to be able to fly like you. Oh, my goodness. I never thought of it that way. I'll never look at a bee the same way again. (laughs) They're adorable, aren't they? They really are. And they work so hard. We love you bees. (laughs) Yeah, if there True. are any bees listening, just know that we are we we'd love to domesticate you if we can. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a all big team out. bee here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big fan of honey too, just for all the bees who are listening. <laughs> yes, love yes. You guys thank do. you for your service, bees. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so we're going to have to just dive right in because there's so much to discuss um, with this particular um, tragedy. Um, and first of all, Kristen, I, I, I'm sure, had you heard about this tragedy uh, in the past? You know what? I feel like I've heard bits and pieces about it, but not very much at all, to be honest with you. Not very much. When this happened in 2001, we had some other things going on yeah. in the True. world in 2001 as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that may have overshadowed this a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I, As someone who is, you know, so interested in in royals and, and I just hadn't really understood or really even knew about it. This was actually a listener suggestion mm-hmm. uh, from a, an alarmist member, an alarmy member in Nepal who wrote in and suggested we cover this. Um, and so, so I'm just so excited to have you on for this. First, let's talk. There, there's been a bunch of theories as to what actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the biggest and the first theories to come out was that the weapon malfunctioned? <laughs> that <laughs> and is accidentally a big malfunction. Killed everybody. <laughs> well, yeah, he also like went back and got more weapons that I assume malfunctioned as well, <laughs> and also accidentally killed everybody. Yes. Jesus. Um, so initially, it was announced that the tragedy was an accident. This misinformation only ignited conspiracies since it was clearly untrue. Prime Minister announcement said the Prime Minister announcement was, according to the information we have, the incident happened by an accidental firing of an automatic weapon, seriously injuring the king, the queen, the crown prince and members of the royal family. So that's what initially went off, went out right to the masses. Ooh. And it was, you know, it's I'm I'm reminded of when the pandemic started and the CDC announced that they were low on masks and you know they that created a distrust between people and the cdc because of that initial sort of they just said that so they can try and control you know masks so they can use them in hospitals and stuff but um you know and that sort of hurt the credibility and so i think in this case you have all these um conspiracy theories it's because they don't trust what the government is saying you know what i mean so it's like a two-way street yeah. Yeah. The um the So there's that. <laughs> we'll put that up but on the ob- board ob- just ob- to start. Wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we should also discuss um Dependra. Uh so in the commission report, the eyewitnesses all related how Dependra had shot his parents and both of his siblings dead and had also shot eight of his re- other relatives of whom only three survived. They also reported that he had consumed a quantity of whiskey, cannabis and other unknown narcotics that evening. One eyewitness, Paris Shah, claimed that Dependra had for some time been at loggerheads with his family and particularly his mother over his wish to marry Devyani Rana, the daughter of a leading Nepali politician and businessman. So, of course, we should also let's not make mistakes like we have in the past uh, where we've forgotten to put the actual uh, murderer up on the board. Let's uh, alleged alleged uh, murderer. Sorry, <laughs> alleged murderer. But we should put Dependra up on the board. He's the, you know, next in line for the throne. Um, and he is clearly going through 
some uh, upheaval, right? He's mm-hmm. he's not doing well. Um, whether it is, you know, that the family has not allowed him to marry the love of his life, um, or whether there's, you know, much more to it, we don't know. But it's he a should at least position. go up on the board. Right, being the next in line on the throne. I mean, I feel like all eyes are on you, and mm-hmm. like if anyone, if you, if anyone's a target, aren't they? I mean, Kristen, you probably know more than I do, but wow, it does remind me a little bit of Prince Charles being madly in love with Camilla Parker Bowles yes. and being unable to marry her. He was next in line to the throne, or who can forget Edward and Wallace Simpson? And right. you know, when you are next in line to the throne. And you love somebody who the royal family doesn't consider appropriate. We've seen this before. We've seen it, and we've seen a lot of heartache follow. Mm-hmm. Although, of course, Prince Charles did end up with Camilla Parker Bowles in the end. But Took look at while. all the trauma that was <laughs> yeah. in the wake of their romance, including you know the heartache of Princess Diana yeah. squeezed in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it, I can't imagine the kind of pressure that someone must feel in that position and yet also the what is it it's like you must feel also lucky and also not lucky I don't know what a what a complicated situation to be in right because like everyone is looking at you and thinking wow you just you won the lottery in a sense you know you are the the son of of a royal or you know the well, in this case, really the son of a royal. Um, but what that must come with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're part of an institution that's hundreds of years old. Mm-hmm. You are going to be famous just by birthright. And there are obligations that come with that and expectations. And thank God nobody ever expected anything of me. Life is so much easier this way. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> Just riding under the radar. Just, just cruising. The, the sad part is I feel like you would have been a great royal, Kristen. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, I would have been a loud mouth. You know, the never complain, never explain. I would have been complaining and explaining. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing it. a real liability for sure. <laughs> I want that. I want to see that royal family. Right? Just bitching and moaning all the time. Yeah, let's hear it. I, I feel like the public would really appreciate that. They'd love the inside scoop. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, what, that's why we watch them, right? We, mm-hmm. we want the dirt. Yes. We're not watching them because they're just like – you know, well-behaved. We don't care about that. <laughs> right. No. <laughs> right. Um, to, to, to just a piggyback also on Dependra, uh, there was like, he was drunk and high, I guess that night he was, there was, so there's a lifestyle difference too there. He's also 29. He has to hang out with his family all the time. I don't know how we can encapsulate this and put this on the board, but I think that there's something there to his age and his lifestyle and sort of the pressure and him sort of, uh, I guess royal oppression, not oppression. Royal, I mm. yeah. I wonder what what is that? The gilded cage. I think it's that. Mm, yeah, that's what it is. I like gilded that. Cage. Yes. Boom. Um, I also want to put up the government, right? Um, so in the same way that the CIA has been linked with JFK's assassination, a theory that the government has was behind the Nepali royal massacre emerged. This was only validated when the government instituted extreme restrictions on the press, which suggested a suppression of information. 
This is according to the Committee to Protect Journalists, an American independent, nonprofit, non-governmental organization. The government's attempt to squelch the rumors included arresting three journalists from Nepal's leading daily, Kantapur, on charges of treason. Authorities arrested them on June 6 after the paper published a column by Barbara Batariai, a senior leader of Nepal's Maoist rebels, suggesting that the royal murders were the result of an international conspiracy. On June, on November 26, 2001, after a series of Maoist insurgent offensives, King Gayendra declared Nepal under a state of emergency where, number one, the king suspended the articles of the constitution guaranteeing press freedom. Number two, the king also issued an ordinance permitting authorities to detain suspected terrorists without trial for six months. Two, the Nepalese army issued a notice informing media outlets that they should seek permission from the army's information department before publishing any news about military affairs. Authorities for authorities seized all copies of the Kathmandu Post after the newspaper ran a photo of several Maoist militants. Mm -hmm. Five government officials warned the paper's editors not to publish articles or photos that glorify the Maoist movement. And six, the Ministry of Information and Communication issued a statement listing several forbidden topics, including reports that create hatred and disrespect against his majesty the king and the royal family the statement also encouraged the media to publish official news and reports regarding bravery and achievements of the royal nepal army police and civil servants journalists were alarmed to see how swiftly and easily these rights could be curtailed oh yeah yep when you start arresting journalists, that, that means something good's going on here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, it, but you are allowed to write stories about how great the people in charge are. Great <laughs> just, are. just go wild and talk about how great they are. Yeah. <laughs> you write about what a good job they're doing arresting people for doing their job. That, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that is just ringing so many alarms. <laughs> no wonder yes. they did. The, no wonder so many conspiracy theories came out right after and, and still continue. Well, yes, it's really interesting just in terms of the um, conspiracy theories, because what you have is a lot of sort of political upheaval. You've got rebels, you've got people vying for this throne, right? And then what happens is this massacre. And let's say that the massacre was just a drunken kind of uh, lapse of spur of the moment, spur of the moment sort of mental breakdown Breakdown, or whatever by Dependra. If it was, if uh it was just because of the context, I think people would still want to draw out a lot of these stories about who's responsible um, because of the context, because it was such a turbulent time um, for Nepal. We're going to take a very quick break, but when we're back, more of me on The Alarmist. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So I also want to put on the board um, Raw Indians India's Foreign Intelligence Agency from the letter of Dr. Barbaram Bhattarai, which was brutally suppressed by Nepal's government. It read, no one is ready to believe the propaganda which is being spread by the government and its foreign masters, especially since the way in which this tragedy is being explained, either the love affair or the accidental explosion theory, gives strong reasons to believe that the government itself is behind this tragedy. Whatever your political ideology might be, one thing every honest Nepali nationalist has to agree with is this. King Birendra liberal political ideology and his patriotism were seen as his weakness and had become a crime in the eyes of the expansionist and imperialist powers. Uh. The king who appeared soft on us, the Maoist and China had become an irritation to the American imperialist and especially to the Indian expansionists. India's dream of annexing Nepal had to be amended. After CIA approval, Ra came up with a grand plan to annex Nepal. Essentially, Bhattarai suggested that the Nepali government worked with the Indian and American governments, both opponents of China, to assassinate King Birendra to ensure Nepal remained pro-monarchy and pro-Indian. So there was some speculation that this could be the workings of the American CIA and in conjunction with um, Indians, India's foreign intelligence agency in order to keep a hand essentially in their politics, uh-huh. which is a story we've seen before. Yes. We've heard of this. Yeah. Not out of the question. The CIA gets involved. When maybe they shouldn't get involved, but they sure do. I mean, they just love to, don't they? Like to stick their tentacles and and keep keep American interests alive everywhere they can. We would just discuss this uh, regarding the Chilean coup that happened um, with uh, Allende um, back in the, uh, I believe it was six seventy nine, um, and it, it just continues to happen. Um, and it's not unthinkable, honestly. Well, exactly. And and even if it even if America had no involvement, you, your mind still goes there because of the history there, and because they've built equity in that department. They they are known as um, meddlers. That's right. Now we can also put up on the board a military coup, perhaps happening within the country. So the Maoist leaders were not the only to believe in a conspiracy. Professor Michael Hutt summarized the general theories. He said, quote, the entire country is in a suspended state of denial. If Gyanendra is innocent, why did he have to put curfew on so we couldn't mourn our prince? 
The curfew was put on because they had to burn so many bodies. Over a hundred army were shot dead. It was a military coup with Indian backing and Gyanendra as a puppet. The Chinese premier just visited here and India didn't like it. Other theories are that it could have happened, you know, from within the military. um, It was suspect that all of these curfews came on right after to them, especially. Is it true that all the military people were killed? That they were burning bodies, or is that just another rumor? No, that's a that's a that's a, spe- a speculation. That that's that's they they say that the cover up, which is the curfew and r- restricting all these rights of the press and all that stuff, is is allowing for people to speculate that a hundred bodies were shot dead and burned and all that stuff. I think there's no mm-hmm. there's no evidence of that, but I, I will let me double check. Yeah, we'll get on I mean, that. It- because if there oh, was, go yeah, go on, Kristen. I, I feel like people would notice that members of their family were <laughs> dead and being burned. <laughs> like if, if there were literally hundreds of people being burned in piles. Or I, I just feel like people would, would notice. Know, right? I would think so. Yeah. I would think so. Now, another theory that is, I find to be more plausible, if any, um, is King Gyendra. Uh, Gyanendra. Um, so he is the brother of Kimberendra, um, who was assassinated. Rumors that the absent Gyanendra, perceived as the chief beneficiary of the massacre, had some hand in planning it, were lent credibility by the long-standing currency of a master narrative about his antipathy to democracy and his opposition to concessions made by Birendra to the democracy movement of 1990. Gyanendra was the first to state that the incident was caused by an accidental firing of a gun. His announcement of this disinformation created more suspicion. Immediately after he was crowned, Gyanendra announced that a high-level commission would carry out an investigation of the massacre. The commission consisted of just two people, the chief justice and a member of the ruling Nepali Congress Party. The commission was appointed by palace authorities. The commission began its investigation on June 8th and completed it in six days. When the main findings of the official report on the royal massacre were presented at a press conference, the assembled journalists were not permitted to ask any questions. Mm. In 2012, (laughs) Kristen is shaking her head. I'm just shaking my head here. No. No. (laughs) In 2012, a former Maoist combatant pointed out Nepal's history. I still don't believe that Dipendra did it. For the son of a king to kill so many people just for a girl, the son of a king can marry any girl he likes. We've never seen anyone in Nepal wipe out their whole family, mother, father, because of a girl. But please study the long history of the monarchy. These events have happened in which brothers finished one another off for political powers. Yeah, the investigation being conducted by a commission of only two people mm-hmm. for less than a week when mm. over a dozen people have been shot and the person overseeing the investigation committee is the one who benefits from all of those people being dead. It's a little <laughs> suspicious. That a is mega suspicious. suspicious. You know, yeah. it, it makes you 
the the expression where there's smoke, there's fire. I just feel like there's just a ton of smoke in terms of strange behavior happening after the massacre that would lead you to many different conclusions. And I think the lack of the why, right? Like why done it? Not just who done it. It's like why done? Why did Dependra do this? I think that's what sort of drives a lot of these conspiracies and drives a lot of these narr- these narratives. Yeah, it's very confusing because when what you know, at least the story that's been told about the events, how the events unfolded, um, he was obviously you know intoxicated, and he had gone to his room and had called um Devyani his his girlfriend mm-hmm. and the, the the two had spoken about three times i believe that night and he ended the conversation with i'm going to bed now mm-hmm. i'll see you in the morning not to say that that means that he then can't turn around and you know change course and do whatever he did but the i'm just i i wonder if she had any clue that something was amiss mm. like i feel like she might have noticed something was off mm. no one mm-hmm. I, I didn't find in 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 my research that that she had come out and said you know he was i was worried about him right or he was capable of doing something practically like this. speaking like just from like a palace security standpoint like wouldn't it be hard for him to just get hold of that kind of weapon and just have it hanging out in his room well he had he was known to have weapons and he was was known yeah to collect them and he Mm. was known to um be able to get his hands on weapons that even other like uh military in nepal couldn't have access to which isn't shocking based on the you know his status um he was also known to walk around the palace with his weapons um so it it wasn't odd uh, at first if if a guard happened to come across him right w- w- holding one um that said from what i researched the re- first of all this the whole massacre took place in about maybe 5 minutes mm-hmm. it was 5 minutes he um and and he went back to his room to get different weapons. So he sprayed bullets in the, in the in the billiard room where everyone was gathered. And then when when he ran out of bullets, he went back to his room, got another weapon, came back, kept shooting. And a reason that the guards um, didn't stop him at first was because he essentially is their king. So even if this is the crazy part, even if he had killed his family, he would have never been convicted. I guess he could have still been king. And so Hmm. the guards wouldn't want to, if he did become king, they wouldn't want to have the repercussions or, or feel the repercussions of having shot at the future king. Does that make sense? Jeez. Is that true? Yeah. Also, I mean, it tends to be the case that members of the royal family appoint themselves or are seen in their own way as the head of the military. They oftentimes mm-hmm. crown themselves essentially figureheads in the military. And um, so it's kind of like 
killing your boss on a few different fronts there. You know, you are my king, but you're also like the head of my military. You're also, you know, this person who could torture me if I do anything to upset you right now. There's like so many layers of, I don't know if I should try to stop this or not here. Yeah, it makes you think that the security in this situation is really just ornamental and just has no no real ability right. to do anything in this scenario. Or just for the, you know, other people, not not you 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 they right. can't really Outsiders. protect within your house. Right, right. No, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's that's right. That's Um so that cuz that is something that has come up. It's like wh- there were so many guards. Why right. didn't any any of these guards stop him? Should should we? How do we classify that and put it on the alarmy board, alarmist board? Should we say uh, who's guarding the inside? Been... Who's guarding the from? Who's guarding from within? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard because it's uh, it, the orders come from above, right? So it, it's like you were saying, uh, Kristen, where it's like if your boss. I don't know. There's something about like following the leader or hierarchy or or something, you know, hierarchy supersedes like just common sense or something. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Didn't that. Oh, God. I forgot what the name of the psychological study was, but it's like white coat syndrome. This is somebody in charge. I'm not going to push back against you. Oh, it's interesting. So I I feel like we should put that up on the board. Um, Okay. And I also want to put up Prince Paris. Now, um, this is according to the New York Times 2001. After the shock of the crown prince Dipendra's role in the killings, the focus was shifted to King Gyanendra, his 30-year-old son, Prince Paris. Kathmandu is rife with stories of the prince careening through narrow streets in a Japanese four-wheel drive luxury vehicle, injuring or killing several people, and remaining immune to prosecution. The most serious case confirmed by two government ministers and by an ambassador with access to to a Western intelligence report resulted in the death of a popular sitar player last fall. Prince Paris is next in line to the throne. Michael Hutt, said the Royal Palace Massacre conspiracy theories and Nepali street literature. There was widespread public unpopularity of Gynendra's eldest son, Paris, who would now become crown prince, especially when it became known that Paris was present during the massacre, but had escaped unhurt. So he was there and was not injured. This kid, 30, his 30 year old son, I'm calling him a kid, but he's a 30 year old man. Mm-hmm was known to just drive his car around town and just like run over people, hit people and just like that's okay, like it's it's uh you know the 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 crown prince is you know uh it's his cousin. It's it's fine. He's a royal. Right. That kind of like says to me or gives me an idea of how scared the guards must have been to you know intervene intervene right. or, or do anything mm-hmm. oh, yeah when when you have a member of the royal family whose free time includes running over people it's just like one of his hobbies or whatever <laughs> yeah how do you fight back then when when that's one of the socially acceptable things about this particular right. member of the family yeah um so i know clayton we're kind of running out of time um 
is there anything else we've met we feel like we've missed that we want to put up on the board or what do you think Kristen? yeah yeah I'm, I'm really surprised that none of these rumors so far are pointing the finger at women because usually it's a woman's fault right mm-hmm. so i'm kind of surprised that Queen Ashwarya, that her name's not on there somewhere for, you know, keeping her son away from his true love, or that Davyani, the girlfriend, you know, she did have ties to the government. Uh, I'm so surprised that there's not some rumor here that she was, you know, planting ideas in her boyfriend's head. Kill your family. Do this. Wow. Uh, you know, this is before text messaging. So she probably wasn't like texting him in the middle of the night about all this stuff, repeatedly telling him to kill your family, kill your family. But even before text messaging and modern cases where we know about, you know, text messaging, getting into people's heads and getting them to do wacky things, supposedly, um, we still had phone calls. We still had letters. We still had, uh, you know, a little bit of the kiss, kiss, nudge, nudge going on, supposedly. And it's always the woman's fault, right? Wow. So I'm so surprised that wow. they have not been put on the board, not necessarily by us, but by, other but people by the gover- yeah. yeah, conspiracy theorists. I thought sure. there would definitely be a woman here. Yeah. Well, maybe a way we can do it that isn't like you know, like the traditional let's blame the woman, uh, <laughs> you know, scenario. Maybe we can, uh, put up like, uh, forbidden love or, or that kind of, um, I guess, you know, having a partner, what is it called? It's just like having when you're, when your partner is either below you or, or in, cl- when in class or, Something like a status, cla- <laughs> you know, having to stay in our status to marry or that kind of thing. Sure. Although what's curious to me is that she wasn't just, you know, she wasn't a commoner. Right. Uh, she was also a part of an important family. Um, and I don't know. Maybe, you know what it is? Maybe it's just parents weighing in on who you marry. well that's what people say about uh me rebecca is that i'm punching way above my weight class with when i when i when i uh married you they said well he doesn't certainly doesn't deserve her she's way above his weight class so i i I don't know if that's punching below your weight class is what uh is doing is there somebody that is that a way of putting it or it's more about the pressure from the family is what you're talking about it's more about. about the family it's just like you know you don't get to decide, I guess, who hmm. who that person marries or who I marry. So is that family marriage pressure or is there a better way to put that? Mm. I think again mm. that sort of would just get rolled right into the gilded ca- the gilded cage right. again, right? Yeah. Right? That's really yeah. what we're talking about, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is the fact that women aren't on the board is surprising, but that also means that if the women did this, Good on you. You got off and nobody right. noticed. Good job. Nobody even thought of you. You got off scot-free. Life wow. is good. Is this the first I mean, except Queen Ashwarya is dead, right? So maybe not. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, okay. The so, only thing we could put yeah. up that we haven't talked about is drugs and alcohol. It's kind of weak, but he apparently was drunk and high. I mean, right. of, we don't yeah. know much about this evening, or rather, we don't know much behind what this evening, what's behind this evening, but I definitely think that could be one thing. Yeah, let's let's put that up on the board. And now we'll take a quick break and start knocking things off the list.
Hey, Matt. Did you know that wombats poop cubes? Nope. Never heard that before. Did you know the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland, Ken? I didn't know, nor do I care. Neil, did you know that Liechtenstein is the only doubly landlocked country in Europe? Jeff, isn't that an American pop artist? Well, actually, it's both. If you want to learn things like that and more, join us each week on Triviality, a pub trivia-style game show podcast where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Listen in each week to answer general knowledge trivia alongside exciting guests from around the world. And we're here, too. Join us every Tuesday for new hour-long episodes of Triviality, plus tons of extra themed content on everything from The Office and Lord of the Rings to science and geography. And sometimes we even do sports. Find us on all your preferred podcast apps and take part in the fun of playing bar trivia without the need to wear pants. Real mature, Jeff. Forget it, Neil. It's Triviality. All right. Hit us, Chris. Okay, who's to blame for the Nepalese royal massacre? Is it weapon malfunction, lol, Dependra, <laughs> Gilded Cage, the government, Raw, Indian's foreign intelligence agency, military coup, King Gyanendra, Prince Paras, white coat syndrome, or drugs and alcohol? Let's see. It's a tight list, short yeah. list. But again, what we're talking about is the events, how they unfolded. I mean, I think the the why behind it is way more complicated and has way too many theories for us to kind of get through in a single podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Mm-hmm. That's our job. So we need to come, come up with something. <laughs> and we are podcast royalty, if nothing else. So people expect a certain... Kristen started... <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so off the bat... Weapon I, malfunction? I do feel like we can take that one off. My weapon accidentally went off in multiple rooms, killing multiple people. And then multiple it went to the weapons. garden and killed people. And then when I got a different weapon, that weapon also malfunctioned and killed people. Yes, yeah, this was a weapon from the house yeah. of Beauty and the Beast that comes alive. That's a big manufacturing lawsuit right there. They have a, whoever made those guns have a real problem. Come on. Um... It, th- then so many others are just like speculation, right? Government, I, the India's foreign intelligence God, agency. Speculation I mean, should be on the board. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like we can put this one on drugs and alcohol because I feel like it's bigger mm. than that. I agree. I, I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, why it seems like an easy out just to blame it on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even when people kill people in drunk driving accidents i don't blame the alcohol i blame the person because they're like driving drunk right? Mm-hmm. right right you don't you don't need to get drunk and get high and then get a semi-automatic weapon yeah and then go around the grounds and kill people you definitely so, yeah. don't need to you definitely you don't need to don't. <laughs> you know maybe you want to you and you shouldn't get off the hook because you decided to get drunk and high <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. Um, so we can definitely take that off. I also feel like we can take uh, Indians Foreign uh, Intelligence Agency. And, you know, along with that, I, I feel like we should have also put this American CIA, right? Because they, yeah, yeah. that went Could have together. That but up there. that's, that feels like. We just don't have the evidence. Uh, yeah. We just don't. And I would, I would, I would say that, you know, and King Gyanendra and Prince Paras, we have to take off too, because, yeah, while they, benefited indirectly in the case of Guy and Endra, or they sort of had the um, 
the the uh, you know I mean par- in the case of Paris he certainly had a history of violence. I just don't think there's enough evidence there for us to convict. Sorry, Chris, I don't agree with you. Ooh. King Guy, King Guy Anendra, come on! <laughs> You're completely taking him off the board. Well, <laughs> really? Uh, do we have the Do we have the goods? I mean, you tell me. I don't think we do. I, he's the one we who do did. know that he oversaw the quote unquote investigation That's committee true. that only had two people on it okay. that mm-hmm. only investigated for six freaking days. And That's really suspect for sure. Like, that is very suspect. That is not a real investigation. I spend more time like looking into my meal planning for the next week than he did <laughs> on, on this nonsense. No, 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 no. Okay. All right. So let's keep the king keep, keep the king up. I also think anyone who tries to shut down journalists is very suspect. And yes. He, yes. he had a major hand in it. I'm not ready to take him off the board yet. I'm no, sorry. you're right. I'm just not you're ready. right. You're right. Chris will I, give you the prince, but that's no, no, all no, you yeah, get right prince. now. No, I think you're right. <laughs> um, I also feel like oh, Dep- no, we got to keep Dependra. What yeah, am I talking sure. about? The government, because yeah, Dependra even changed his clothes at one point. Yes, he did. And if Dependra changed his, cl- well, I don't know. I've never changed the clothes of a dead body before, but like if his staff after they like shot everybody and then tried to point the crime to him they they would have to change his clo- clothes it would have had to be right. again i don't know what it's like to change the clothes on a dead body but it seems like a lot of work yes <laughs> and i don't think they um based you know he was shot in the chest he did sh- you know s- allegedly he shot himself in the chest and so that would have been difficult to change the clothes and recreate is what i'm saying yeah i've i've there were two accounts one is that he yeah. shot himself in the head with his left hand and the and another i i read that he shot himself in the chest with a shotgun so i don't know what the real story is mm. there i i thought there were two he shot himself he was shot twice and that was also a big suspicious um a thing that conspiracy theorists point to, which is, you know, first of all, he he did it with a shotgun, which is difficult to maneuver. Mm. Um, but to shoot yourself twice with a shotgun is even more unthinkable. Sounds ridiculous. Yeah. Sounds ridiculous. Right. Especially if you shot yourself at first in the chest with it. So I don't know what happened there. I don't know if someone else then came and shot him as well. Maybe he did shoot himself once and then someone else shot him again. Um, that could have happened. Um, clearly, we're not getting very direct information. I don't think there was um, a lot of evidence that was, you know, by by the committee that was really looked at with a lot of focus. Another thing that they said was that instead of being taken to uh, the nearest hospital, they were taken to military hospitals. So I don't know. Hmm. convenient just keep it within within the government within the royal family don't let the outside world know anything right so we still have this is going to be tough we still have dependra we have the gilded age sorry the gilded cage Mm -hmm. (laughs) the government (laughs) military coup a military coup so maybe we can fold uh, the government into a military coup. I'm just going to take the gilded cage off. Okay. And here's why. why. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of it sucks. Like, oh gosh, I have to 
show up at this military parade and I have to cut this ribbon and I have to live by these certain rules and I have to not bring any shame on the family and I have to be a multi-billionaire and I have to wear these nice clothes and I have to uh, enjoy life as one of the richest 1% of people on the planet. Wah, wah, wah. No, I'm sorry. (laughs) Your Gilded Cage excuse? Right. I, I know there are some restrictions with this life. But it's a life of such opulence, Mm -hmm. such privilege. You have everything that most people have ever dreamed of having. You know, you live in a palace. And if it's really that bad, you can be like Meghan Markle and Prince Harry and step away. You don't have to stay there anymore. You have an option to leave. And people throughout history have done it. They Mm -hmm. have left their royal families before. And you know what? Maybe you could have married your girlfriend who you met at college and started a new life with her and know you wouldn't be able to live in a palace, but you might be able to have a semi-normal life like the princess in Japan recently. Um, That's right. Yeah, it can be done. It has been done. So the gilded cage, you might feel like it's an actual cage, but you've always had the key to unlock that door and walk out if you want to. Every cage has a door and you've got the key. Yes. Take that out. That's great. That That's like there. a. I feel like I just got a, a, a like motivational sp- speaking. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Class. Yes, and the gilded cage is a metaphor for anything in your life, really. Really. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're suppressed by your. Great good Unless you're in prison. Unless you're in actual prison. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's not a gilded. real cage. That's just a cage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I. What do we think about the white coat syndrome? I feel like perhaps. It, it could have saved or it could have stopped the massacre, but it wasn't what actually – it wasn't at the root of it. Do we think? Yeah. I mean, geez. It's hard to say that – I guess what we're saying by that is that maybe the security could have intervened or done something more to prevent this. You mean their jobs? Done their yeah. jobs? Sure. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> well, that's assuming too, though, that Dependra was the one doing all of this, right? Because it's like they would, uh, they'd yeah. only stop, they'd only not stop him if they were like, oh, he's the right. next in line. We can't stop Jeez. him. We should just kill whoever he wants. But if maybe they were the ones killing everyone, you know, that's oh. this is where it's like speculative. Oh, yes. maybe they were a military coup. Maybe yes. they weren't Part of suffering it. from white coat syndrome, is what right. you're saying. Right. right, right. That that does make the white coat syndrome a bit more um, okay. tenuous. Which is basically what we're deciding here, right? It's like, are we deciding this is a coup or we're deciding Dependris involved. Well, we just don't have the information. Right. Well, we're going to need to make the call before the podcast is over, so let's just <laughs> buck up and do it. <laughs> um, I guess this is what I'm leaning towards is I think I agree with Chris. I, I, I just Wh- like... I, what? You almost said... Wait, what? <laughs> she no. couldn't finish the sentence. <laughs> she couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Um, uh, I I just feel like Dependra. Okay, Dependra. I think did shoot. Um, just because they're, oh, but you can't trust the eyewitness accounts is the only thing. Uh, this is this is why it's difficult because it's like you they've set it up. I don't know who they are, but it's uh, the the what we know is so specifically vague. You know what right. I mean? Like so, it's hard to really know. He, you either have he, to no, believe I know it who's or guilty. not. I already decided who's guilty. Oh, I know did. whose fault this well, is. You think it's yeah. the king? You think it's yeah. the king? 
The king? Oh, yeah. It's definitely Gyanendra. That, I, I'm actually veering towards that as well because I just think his actions after the massacre are very suspect. Like, agreed. All, everything he did afterwards, shutting down the press, uh, mm-hmm. his joke of an investigation, the fact that he gets to live high on the hog and enjoy life and, oh, come on. No, everything afterward just does not, uh, make him look good. Right. Uh, yeah. If you, if, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, if he really wanted this, to, it's, uh, there are echoes of this in recent history where it's like, if we really wanted a thorough investigation, he was the person who would come into power and have every ability to make sure that there is a thorough, robust investigation. Right. But I tend to agree that when you're l- limiting something that much, you're trying to hide something. Yes. So he, I, I can get on board with this for sure. Mm-hmm. But I but here's my suggestion that we mid-trial, right before we reach a verdict, we change what is on trial. So here's what I suggest. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Instead of prosecuting who's responsible for the royal massacre itself, we should really be talking about, or maybe perhaps we should be, who's responsible for the confusion around the Nepalese royal massacre mm. and the and the lack of information, the and for, for our inability to be able to even prosecute this. And for that, I think Gyanendra is extre- is directly responsible, or we can, at least we can we can see that. I mean, not allowing press to do yeah. its thing. Um, allows for all of these this confusion and these and these conspiracy theories. I'd feel more comfortable with that than actually blaming him for the actual murders. Which, you know, I, I mean, while there's again a ton of smoke around there, I don't know that we have the uh, the goods to bring yeah. him in. But but what do you guys think about that? I, I'll agree with you that he's responsible for us being confused about what happened, but. Um, I, I would also say that um, we're confused because he's doing a cover-up here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and a cover-up? Yeah. You know what you cover up? Stuff that you actually usually did something wrong. Like, oh, no, I don't want people to know that, like, I'm the one who spilled red wine on grandma's white carpet. Like, I'm <laughs> right. going to move this chair over here. Right. Like, he's yeah. just moving chairs left and right because he knows he's the one who did it. That's such a good point. Uh, yes. And 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 uh, if if you are the person who's directly benefiting from this. So if you did spill the red wine on grandma's carpet and you know that grandma's about to give you a really awesome Christmas gift, the stakes mm-hmm. are really high. You're going <laughs> right. to really want to cover that yes. up. <laughs> yes. And here's what I have to say about that, Chris, just to respond. I feel like we got, we're going to make a stand. We're going to, we're going to blame and throw in Joe who we want. And you know what? We're going to have a guest expert who will enlighten us more after the fact. That's and if right. we're wrong, we'll change your mind. But I feel like we don't need to, you know, that's true. We don't need to be shy. Like, yeah. this is our job. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to commit to job, it. Chris. <laughs> we're going to okay. throw him in jail. I'm going to call it Dependra. You're getting the big slap. King Gyanendra, you're going to the alarmist jail. And we'll see. We'll see what the expert says yeah, and if he stays. Did, that, that verdict, giving Dependra the big slap, is such a hedge because if Gyanendra was responsible, in all likelihood, Dependra didn't do anything. Right. I know. That's why it feels bad to slap him. It feels bad to slap the guy who got But it's just a framed. hedge. It's just a hedge. You're like, well, well in case I'm not he did sure. do it. In case, I don't just know. In case. <laughs> we'll slap him for not walking out when he could have just left the royal family. Yeah. Just marry, marry your girlfriend, love. dude. You're yeah. almost 30 years old. You're old enough to make these choices. Yes. Totally. Marry your girlfriend. 
Kristen, thank you so much for joining us today and helping us get to the bottom of the Nepalese Royal Massacre. Thank you. It was such an honor to be here to talk about something I'm absolutely not qualified to say anything about. I really appreciated it. Join us every week on The Alarmist for the same experience. Following the massacre, with Gyanendra crowned the new king, Nepal experienced further political unrest as its people struggled to believe Dipendra perpetrated the massacre. The Maoist rebellion escalated as popular support for the monarchy began to wane. When King Gyanendra dissolved the government and claimed executive power in 2005, a peaceful democratic revolution the following year led to Nepal abolishing its monarchy and becoming a federal republic in 2008. Visit our website and let us know who you think is to blame at www.thealarmistpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at The Alarmist Podcast and on Twitter at Alarmist The. You can also send us your thoughts via email to thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode was produced and engineered by Clayton Early with fact-checking by Chris Smith and editing by Molly Hockey. Additional writing by Anastasia Kousakis. Thank you to our associate producer and researcher, Alex Paul. The Alarmist is executive produced by Rebecca Delgado-Smith and the Erios Network. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing the Great Kanto Earthquake. Erios. Powered by ACAST.